If you take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 4, not even going to ask this morning what goals or resolutions you've already broken, because I know, I know that you have probably. I'm going to ask not what, uh, not what you're looking for in 2021, I want to ask, what's God looking for? And I want to look at the story of Jesus and his encounter with the Samaritan woman um, at the well, at Jacob's well. A, a, a great site in Jewish history that was kind of stolen from the Jews in a way by the Samaritans. That that group of kind of half-breed um, people that weren't, that were kind of Jewish, but they weren't completely Jewish, and the Jews hated them, and they hated the Jews, and, and all those kind of things. And Jesus was cutting through Samaria. And as the disciples went down to, to the town to get some food, a woman came to the well where Jesus was sitting. And it was very, very uncommon for a Jewish man to interact at all with any Samaritan, but especially with a Samaritan woman. But Jesus interact, interacted with her and had a conversation with her. And in the middle of the conversation, as Jesus was revealing um, some of her life to her, in a, in a way that she knew there was something unique about this man because of all that he knew about her, and what he knew about her was not comfortable stuff. It wasn't comfortable information. And I'd invite you to read that um, after this morning's service. But as that, as that uncomfortable subject matter was, was being discussed, she, she kind of tried to shift gears and, and change the, the conversation, move off of that difficult subject. And she, she brought up some theological issues that separated the Jews and the Samaritans. And she discussed, um, knowing that he was certainly a, a great prophet and, and a man with a, you know, with a lot of knowledge, she, she brought up the idea of, well, we, we worship on, on this mountain, you worship in Jerusalem, you know. And Jesus made this statement then in verse 15. Excuse me. In verse, uh, in verse 21, excuse me. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. End of the argument. We're not going to discuss the mountain here in Samaria, we're not going to discuss Jerusalem. We're going to discuss God. And we're going to discuss what God is really seeking after 
And this morning, we can still ask the same question and receive the same answer. Just as he was looking for worshipers in Jesus' day, today in 2021, that's still what God is seeking. He is looking for worshipers. Not just any worshiper. There are lots of worshipers. In fact, everybody is a worshiper of some sort, of some kind. He's not just looking for any old worshiper. You know, I'm tempted at times to worship uh, Notre Dame Athletics. And I, and I wasn't helped this Christmas with new socks, new hat, new shirt, all that kind of stuff. Now, it did help for them to lose. That, that, that hurt me and, and calmed me down a little bit. But you, you know people who worship their, their sports teams or their sports. Maybe it's not the, the, somebody else doing it. Maybe you worship the sport that you play. And then some of us worship great literature. Some of us worship leisure. Some of us worship just stuff in general where that's all we think about, that's all we care about, that's all we plan for. There's all different things, all different kinds of things that we can worship. We can worship people. There's all different kinds of worshipers. But God is seeking after a particular brand of worshipers. He's looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And of course, the one telling us this is God himself. The one who later on in his ministry was going to make this statement. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He could have also said, no one worships the Father except through me, because he's the truth. And God is looking for worshipers who will worship him in truth, who will recognize, as Maria and David demonstrated for us today, as they, as they went into the water of baptism in agreement with what God has said about what we should do and who we should identify with. And they so beautifully and clearly identified themselves with the death of Jesus Christ and with his resurrection. By doing what they did today and by saying what they said, they were worshiping God in truth. They were saying that Jesus is the only way that they can know God. They were saying that Jesus is the only way that they can serve God, that Jesus is the only way that they can worship God. We have to be the worshipers who worship in truth. We can't just come up with anything that we want to when when we think about the worship of God. Cain tried to. Do you remember the sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel? And you remember Cain's, Cain's great idea 
to worship and serve God in his own way instead of the way that God had prescribed. He thought, hey, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, an animal guy. I'm a, I'm a plant guy. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer to God my best stuff. And we might all think, you know what? That makes sense. That's, that, that sounds like a really great offering. The only problem with that offering is it wasn't the one that God asked for. Because it wasn't the one that was going to point to the final offering, to the real offering, to the ultimate offering of Jesus on the cross. Cain and Abel weren't aware of that picture yet and, and, and all of that symbolism, but they were given instructions in how to worship God and Cain decided to do it his own way. We have to be careful not to fall into that ourselves. And that's why as I issued the challenge last week from Romans chapter 12 verse 2 which speaks of us being transformed by the renewing of our minds. That's why that's always such an important thing. Our minds must be renewed by the word of God so that we make sure that we are the right kind of worshipers, so that we really are worshiping him in truth. Because all kinds of people can come up with all kinds of ideas like Cain did on better ways to worship and serve God. And I use those words together because worship and serve are closely related. In fact, one of the words for worship, the one that's used in in uh, Romans chapter 12, the root of it means serve. Worship isn't just singing songs. It is singing songs if our hearts are in those songs. If we mean what we say, for example, we start off the service this morning. Some of you might remember. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm going to trust in what you say. Do you remember singing that earlier this morning? Really? That's quite a statement. And so that's great worship because that's an agreement with God's word. That's great worship if we really mean that. You see, great worship of, in, in singing is, is also great worship in confession. Because as we sing these great words, and, and that's just one example, through, even through this morning's service, as we sing these great words, we often have to, have to confess our sins even while we're singing them because we fall so short of those things that we're singing. And that's what happens in a, in a heart that's at worship, that's really engaged in what we're singing and what we're saying and what we're identifying with and who we're submitting to in that worship. And so it's more than just the the act of singing the the words. It goes down into our hearts, into our minds, and asks, really, is that really what we think? Is that really what we believe? Is that really how we're going to act? Bill Thompson, before praying for our offering, and that's one of, the, one of the weird things that's happened to us during this pandemic is the, the fact that we, we still pause in the middle of our service for our offering even though we don't take our offering in that, at that time. But we still, but we still make, our, make our offerings. 
either online or in the boxes in the front of the back or whatever the case may be. But we want to take that time in the service to recognize because that is an important part of our service to Christ. That's an important part of our worship. And, and that's the same thing as the singing. Giving is the same way. Giving can be a wonderful act of worship, a wonderful act of service. It can also be absolutely meaningless. Oh, it might be good for the, for the church or whoever the missionaries are that are, that are that are receiving it or the staff of the church that are receiving it. It might be good for them that, that you gave, but it's not good for you if you gave and your heart wasn't worshiping God and serving God through that gift. That's why the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians that God loves a cheerful giver. He's not honored. Well, oh, man, I got to do this again. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how we're going to make it if, I, if we do this. I, I, we can't, you know. Now, he wants us to trust him and to give by faith, trusting that he's going to continue to take care of us as he takes care of the church and the missionaries that, and, and, and mission organizations that, that we're supporting with that. He, he wants us to be excited about the opportunity that we have to give because he's promised that he's going to provide for us. And when I say us, I'm not talking about the church, although he's made that promise. He's promised to take care of those of us who give cheerfully. That's why in Philippians chapter 4, Verse 19, he tells us that in, in that context of giving, he says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. That thought is supposed to bring joy and cheer to our hearts. That he has got us covered. He's going to take care of us. Somehow, some way, he's going to take care of us. Sometimes in wonderful times and sometimes in very difficult times. But we worship him in truth when we recognize that this isn't just something that we do. This isn't just paying our dues at the club or this isn't just, you know, you know paying for, you know, for our seats or, or uh, you know, our, the building and all this. It's worship. And God is looking for people, for worshipers who will worship in truth. But he also said he's looking for worshipers who worship in spirit. And that's not just um, an emotional statement. He's not just looking for people who, who get fired up, you know, in their singing. Well, some people get really fired up and they're singing. And that's a wonderful thing if, if that's how you worship from your heart. And you can be worshiping just as much from your heart if you're worshiping, singing more quietly or more restrained. That's not the issue. It's the heart that's the issue. But what is he talking about when he says those who worship in spirit and in truth? He's talking about the renewing work of the Holy Spirit in our lives when we put our trust in Jesus Christ. As he was talking to Nicodemus, 
when he says you must be born again, he's talking about our need to have new life put in us by the Spirit of God. And the only way that we can really worship is if we are born again, is if we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Because remember another statement that Jesus made about what God seeks. Look with me to Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, verse 10. Another, another great statement in the middle of one of Jesus' great evangelistic um, moments. When he was reaching down into this world and pulling out those who are deep and dark in their sins. It's a picture of all of us. The woman at the well, and now Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Zacchaeus, the tax collector. Oh, he wasn't a Samaritan. He was worse. He was a Jew that worked for the Romans. He was hated by everybody in town. Nobody budged when he tried to get up into the front, front of, the, of, the, of the crowd to see Jesus. Nobody budged, so he climbed a tree so he could see. And when Jesus got under that tree, he looked up, said, Zacchaeus, you need to come down. I'm going to your house. And everybody was like, what? Of all the people in Jericho's houses that he's going to, he's going to go to that guy's house? you got to be kidding me. But then Jesus said in, in verse 10, in verse 9, he says, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man did not, the, for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. He came to send his Holy Spirit into our lives so that we could be saved. So that we could be forgiven of our sins. So that our old man, our old woman could be changed into a new man to a new woman. That our old sin nature could be overcome by the Holy Spirit of God himself living in us, living in every single one of us who believe. And so, in 2021, let's, let's make sure that in our desire to serve him and to worship him, let's also make sure that we can really do that because we're really saved people. We've really been saved by Jesus Christ. That we're not still trying to use church or to try to use good things or, or singing songs or, or saying prayers or, or memorizing verses or whatever it is we might do. That we're not using those things to still try to earn our way into heaven. Still try to gain favor with God by, by doing good things. And again, all of those things I just mentioned, those are all great things. And I hope that all of us do a lot of those in 2021. But let's make sure that we're not doing it for the wrong reason. Just as I was encouraging the children this morning not to want to get baptized for the wrong reason. For some kids, that just looks like a lot of fun. Water, 
you know, going under. Now, some kids, that's not good, but, but that, that just looks like a lot of fun, something that, that they want to do. And they need to understand it's more than that. For some people, like, like it was for me when I was young, I thought it was the, the real final good thing that I needed to do to earn my way to heaven. We want to make sure that's not going on. We want to make sure that's not happening in anything that we're doing, not just in baptism. Let's make sure that we have put our trust in Jesus Christ, that we believe that he is the one who saves us, not we ourselves doing good things, trying to earn our salvation. There's no worship in that because God is glorified when we submit ourselves before him in prayer, in song, in times of, 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 God, of the teaching of God's word, where we, where we see our, our, our lives opened up and we see God himself analyzing us and, and, and piercing, looking into our, into our hearts and our lives. And we say, Lord, whatever you need to do in me, I want that at any cost. I want that. And I can do that by the Spirit of God who enables me to have my sins forgiven, who enables me to do good things for God, who enables me to worship God, whether it's in song or in service or whatever the situation might be. We can do it by his spirit, and it doesn't require a special place. He's making that point loud and clear in this story. It wasn't about worshiping at a certain mountain in Samaria. It wasn't about worshiping in Jerusalem. It's about worship, worshiping him in our hearts by his spirit. Through the truth of his word, which is personified in the person of Jesus Christ himself. As John 1, 1 tells us, he is the word. He is everything that we read here. He did it all in just the right way, at just the right time. Every right thing, even his own baptism. When Jesus, when Jesus went down to the Jordan to be baptized by John, John, his cousin, said, wait a minute, why don't you baptize me? You don't have anything to repent of. Because remember, John was giving a baptism of repentance, of turning away of sins, preparing for the way of the Lord. He said, I don't have any, he said, Jesus, you don't have anything to, to repent of. Why don't you baptize me? And Jesus said, no, it's right for you to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Because see, Jesus had to do every right thing. That was part of his responsibility in coming into this world. And he did it that day by being baptized. It's a great statement about how important baptism is. It was was that important for Jesus. It's also important for us. But the, 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 the point is this. Jesus Christ has done all the right things. That's why we trust in him. As we sang that last, that, that song just before um, we started looking at John 4, we, we saw that all of our sin was put on him and his righteousness was put into us. That's what faith in Jesus is about. Believing that he can take away every sin that we have and make us his righteousness. 
The Apostle Paul put it like this in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's what he has done for us. And that's how we worship him. Because he has changed our hearts. He has changed our lives. He has changed our nature. Oh, we still deal with it. We still struggle with it. It still tries to take over. And sometimes we still let it. But he's still faithful and just. According to 1 John 1, 9, he's still faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness as we confess our sins to him as believers in him. Not believing that every time we sin, we're lost again. No, once we put our trust in Jesus, he gives us the gift of eternal life, and that gift is irrevocable. He's not the the bad dad at Christmas who takes away Christmas gifts for disobedience. He's the gracious dad who says, this is yours to keep. You didn't have to pay for it. You didn't have to earn it. I just gave it to you. And that's what God does for us in Christ. We don't earn it. We don't pay for it. We simply receive it. Well, God's looking this year for worshipers. I hope that we all, both those of us here in person and those who are worshiping with us, Online, I hope that we all will recognize that that's the most important thing that we can do in 2021. With all the other things that we're thinking about and planning and trying to do, all the resolutions and goals that we've set, the most important thing that we can do is to be the worshiper that God is looking for. And not only is it the worshiper that God is looking for, it's also the worshiper that God is preparing because he is seeking those who are lost to be saved, to be forgiven by his grace, to be forgiven by his mercy, to be forgiven by his love so that we can in turn offer him the praise and the glory that he deserves. Not just when we come together, not just when we, when we have a, a time set aside where we, where we get online or, or, or meet together like this, but that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, going back to what we looked at last week from Romans chapter 12, that we're offering our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is our spiritual act of worship or our reasonable service as our minds are being renewed and we recognize that worship is more than saying words or singing words, but it's living a life for the glory of God. God is looking for worshipers like that. Will they be found among us? And I hope the answer will be as we work together, as we pray together, as we encourage each other, as we try to figure out new ways to to honor him and serve him in the new environments that we find ourselves in almost every week. I hope he will find worshipers in spirit and in truth here 
at Midway Community Church. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for a new opportunity, a new year, a new label, a new number to look at, to remember that we keep moving on, that nothing stays the same, nothing remains stagnant except your word is constant your word is always true and you are always faithful so while everything is always changing and moving we thank you that you aren't we thank you for the changing that you do in us And we pray that you would find us to be real worshipers, the ones who worship you in spirit and in truth, the ones who offer our lives, our bodies as living sacrifices, not to earn our salvation, but to live up to what you've done for us in Christ the moment we put our trust in him. And so, Father, we pray for any who are a part of our service this morning who haven't yet put their trust in Christ. We pray that you would encourage them to do that, that we pray that by your Spirit you would draw them to believe in who Jesus is and what he's done for them. And, Father, we pray that you would take us as your believers, as your children, as your worshipers, And that you would bond us together by your Holy Spirit and by our knowledge and commitment to your word. And that you would use us as a body here in this community to help each other grow and to shine your light before others around us who don't know you. Didn't even know that they could know you. And had no idea of the wonderful blessings that you've promised to all of us who believe. And so it's in those promises that we stand today, trusting in what you have said. In Jesus' name, amen.